Hello everyone, my name is Tim Souza and welcome to the Real Estate En Route podcast, where we talk to top realtors from across all of North America about their local markets and what buyers and sellers can expect from the process within their communities. We recorded this episode in October 2019 in the city of Kitchener in the province of Ontario, Canada, with my good friend John Fishbein from Remax Twin City, Waterloo. So without further ado, let's learn from John what's happening in this amazing city and what makes this community's market so very unique. Hey everyone, this is Tim Souza with Real Estate on Route, and I am so excited to be back in KW. 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 With uh, John Fishbein, and he is a good friend of mine. We've been, we've hung out for quite a while. Quite a while now, yeah. And so I'm excited to be back, and I don't know anybody who knows this history of this city and the history of this market more than John. So I am going to lean into him, but John, uh, welcome to Real Estate on Route. I'm excited to have you. Um, first question is like, okay, who are you? Where are we in the city of Kitchener right now? Um, tell me a little bit about Kitchener and then let's, uh, I want to jump into like your, what you specialize in and why you're in Sure. Estate. Yeah. Well, first of all, we're in Kitchener, mm-hmm. but just over there is Waterloo. So even though they're two cities, they really function as one. That's why I say KW. Um, and so we're an hour long. Sorry. I was saying super close. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we are. We are an hour away from Toronto, okay. but we're an hour away from Toronto. We're the most educated city in all of Canada and one of the most in all of North America. Really? We're also the youngest city in all of Canada huh. in terms of the number of students that come from Laurier, from Conestoga, but of course from University of Waterloo and stay here. They love the quality of life and they stay here because of the jobs, the community, the mm-hmm. safety, the enjoyment. The proximity and just the vibe that is so different it has some deep Mennonite and German roots, but it's diversifying so quickly. Um, we're also the smallest city to put putting in a brand new LRT system, which is now running, and that's really innovative thinking. And it's also a collaborative city where we work together for the notion of a Mennonite thing of barn raising to build things together rather than just always in silos and individuality. And we are totally unique in that in the world. How long have you been in real estate? And uh, let's let's start there. How you said a couple couple years? Well, no, it's been the fourth decade, about thirty one and a half. But in some ways, I feel like I've been longer, having done my thesis on the city almost ten years, and even looking at housing stock, staging development, mm. even thing called consumer aggregate model, which is predicts whether a store will do a well or not with a threshold of depending on where it is, where it is, demographics, the- money. So you don't, you know, it's one thing to build Tim Hortons in a corner in a city. It's another thing to build a uh, IKEA. It needs right. a certain stretch so that I actually understand those relationships. So I feel like I've been in real estate in some ways all my life. I didn't plan on getting into that. Went through university though, not at all. In fact, I was reticent to get into it, thinking, ah, just a used car salesman and for those people. Right. And then I realized I love people. Mm-hmm. I love the city, and I love interacting and helping people out. So then it became a natural thing for me. Cool. And I didn't know, and still I have many other interests other in real estate, whether it's helping, like I said, with refugees, I do volunteer at the women's prison, a lot of people don't know about that. So there's much more than just being a real estate agent. And I like the people, and then there's connection points with the people I interact with. Of course. And they say, you know, yes, I'm good at what I do, but that's not all that I am. That doesn't just define me. Right. So what drives you? Tell me about like, what drives you both like, as a human and then, of course, jumping into real estate. 
Um, hang on, it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but helping all people, taking care, advocating, having fun. I do like to have fun. And so uh, not take myself too seriously, but do a great job. Do a great job so, yeah. then, so then people are left, really, they say, wow, thanks for, thanks for referring me, John, if someone refers me. Mm-hmm. And then that's nice. I had someone the other day say, oh, I need an agent to actually, um, that knows this stuff. And then the person said, well, I've already been referred to someone. And both of them have been referred to me, coming from Ottawa. Oh, that's awesome. Coming from Ottawa. Well, yeah, but two people said, you got to use this agent. No, you got to use this agent. And it was both John Fishbine. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so, and then, so, um, what is the most asked question you find yourself answering for clients? That's a good question in the sense that, I, I don't know if I can say that as simple as some would say. Um, a couple. What are the top couple questions? Well, you know, of course, it's a good area to live in. Mm-hmm. And how much can I afford? Or I, I try to help them not make the decision. I've done right from day one. I'm not going to be living there. I love older houses. Not everyone loves older houses. Right. So I really try to listen intuitively what they're looking for mm-hmm. and then try to work it backwards. So I try to be an inductive and deductive thinker right. and okay. listener. And so that way, I let them tell the story. Often they'll say they're looking for this. That may not be anything close to what they're buying. We just do the journey together. I try to keep an open communication and say, hey, I'm starting to, you mentioned this, but I'm starting to notice you're looking at these ones. Right. Has that changed? Or do we maybe we should do two searches? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a single question that every person will ask. I try to let them tell their own narrative, their right. own story of where they're at their life, whether it's some sick person in their family or a young family what, whatever, or, or a great story of, of, of just um, success, whatever it be. Uh, John, how many homes do you sell a year? Like, what's the? It, 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 it varies, to be Obviously, honest, yeah. and, and up to a hundred, um, which is a lot because I have one unlicensed assistant. So you're not lost with 55 different people on a team and you don't know who you're dealing with, which is a trend. And I hear that over and over. You got this big team, but who's advocating for it? Who knows those nuances? Who knows what you do? Who knows what you're looking for? Myself. So I've chosen not to go super big that way and just mm-hmm. concentrate on my clients. And I think the average person likes that. And I think they value that. Cool. That's awesome. Um, what would you say is your area of specialization in, in the market? Like, yeah. is it an age group? Is it a, is it yeah. a, a part of the city? So I can honestly say that mm-hmm. I like diversity. I like different things. And so I'm the one agent that can do industrial, commercial, investment, ICI, mm-hmm. including staging land. I study that. I also mm-hmm. like little old ladies. Yes, that's, or whether it's young couples that okay. are looking for the first home um, or looking for the size up or their forever home. So I actually like diversity. Now, I think there's a lot of people that do just by just in condos. Mm. But then they don't, they have to sell a house or they don't like older houses. So then they just do miss the market. Right. So I think, I, I can honestly say I agree with all these things, but I think that actually helps the client because it's not only a uniform thing. So I just sold a brand new condo to an investor. Um, but at the same time, I had someone else look at... Um, looking at this century-old houses. So I think I can honestly do a good job for those. And if I don't, if it's someone from a different city, and let's know that city, well, I don't touch it. I would get a top-notch referral network, exactly what you're doing. Right. And he's doing with getting the local experts in this area, which is a great idea, and then getting the best person, and then concentrating on that. Right. And so then you're just like, hey, I, you know, I don't know Markham, but I've got some good people in Markham, so... Exactly. Here's, my, here's my person to mark them 100% and, trust when, them. and when someone's referred to me whether it's in this network or through Tim or anyone else 
that I want to do a good job for the person that you're referring me, mm -hmm. but I also want to do a good job for Tim, because Tim's the one that risks refer me to Bob and Mary or whoever. Mm -hmm. So I, I see that long-term thinking. So right away, I work hard for Because it's Bob about the and relationship. And, and, and I want to make sure Tim goes, that gets something back from Bob and Mary. Thank you for doing John. He was great. He took care of us. He didn't rush us. Mm -hmm. He didn't pressure us. He gave us good advice. Or he was on top of things yeah. and knew this stuff. So that's why I'm looking for it. Cool. Yeah, and that's honestly, that's one of the, the pieces is as we do this channel, as we figure out like these pieces, I want to showcase the value of local agents, right? To be like, these are, like, they're not just humans who open doors for you. They're not just a, an advanced search algorithm that you, you know, can just talk to, like you right. can now and you're starting to talk to Google, but it, you do so much more. I was fairly young and really rare as an agent coming in when I was, there wasn't many young agents. And so this is not against young agents at all, because mm -hmm. I was there. But there is something to experience. There's something old-fashioned, living through circumstances, negotiating, truly advocating, trying to explain and to understand what the elements are so that my clients, whether buying or selling, mm -hmm. investing or merging, that that mm -hmm. is done for them in the best way possible. And there's something that just can't be replaced experiences. And in challenging times, the knowledge that I have, the experience that I have, I can just do that for my clients. Like that this mm -hmm. is it's intelligible. So tell me about this home. This home is um, a typical home. Mm -hmm. It's uh four hundred and ninety nine half million. It's a really good single car garage. Mm -hmm. It's very spacious. Boyson was the builder, one of the top builders where the it was just built properly. The room behind us over here is twenty one feet, great bright um uh, windows all around. Mm. It's close to Uptown Waterloo and Downtown and the universities and the expressway. And it's right where, near one of the choice areas called Westmount and all of Kitchen Waterloo. Okay. Um, so we're in a prime, really almost the, sort of the, near the center of, of, of KW. So everything's about what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, mm -hmm. really, honestly, 15 minutes is the most. This lot is 58 by 120 and you have complete privacy. So you don't have someone staring down at you, which is really nice that way. How does that compare to other lots in the city, but also other lots in this specific community here? Well, this community, it's, it's, it's pretty typical, but this is one of the nicer ones. Inwood is a, a nice street that has the big lots. As any city, mm -hmm. wherever it goes, what's happening is we sell real estate. And the less there is, the less frontage. So almost 60 feet is very large frontage here. So there are smaller ones mm -hmm. that are being built because the land is often the big component that most people don't understand is a is what we're selling and right. so there's smaller frontages that way as well mm. so this is a, this is good that way yeah, i can be honest with you this kitchen is um a little dated it's but it's big it's bright and it's got the size to expand to it so i just had two couples looking at they'll probably blow the wall over here and they'll just put a newer kitchen in then you have the, the main problem solved but we've also tried to price it with that accordingly. Mm -hmm. We try to be fair and honest and say, look, we're not going to go here because we're offering this. Mm -hmm. But in that way, the homeowners are great people that I care about. They're missionaries of all things. And so they don't really value the things that perhaps some other people do. And that can be good, too, because then they are looking at doing what's necessary. And plus, they're out of country. So it's hard to manage those things when you're not in the country. Right. What has happened in the market? You were talking about like, hey, pricing things accordingly. What has it happened in the KW market in the last couple of years? Living here myself personally, having friends who bought property, I've seen them like yes. gain a lot of value in, in the the price of their home. So like, what is what right. what's happened? Where is it now? Where has it been? And like, where do you kind of see it going forward? Right. 
A number of independent institutes have always had Kitchener-Waterloo as the first or second of best place to invest in. What I mean by that, mm -hmm. we don't have quite the Toronto prices, value for the money, but we also have the uplift for all these young people coming to get jobs here, and that's what drives mm -hmm. the marketplace. So there's a there's a segments that are crazy, and 2017 was things we've never seen. At one stage, properties were going up $1,713 a day in February of 2017, a day. Really? It was What drove that? Well, it was a, it was a pent-up demand from two factors. From us, like if you picture, not just for Toronto, but mm -hmm. Toronto, if you bring a picture of a, a rock thrown into a pond, and then there's a ripple effect. So it started happening from Milton, uh, Mississauga, Milton, then Guelph, half a month or two, and then boom, hit KW. But we also were not just a bedroom community. We have jobs here. People. But there's 1,500 tech companies. Yeah, like I think it's even that's outdated. I think it's more than that. Really? Even when BlackBerry, which was founded here, mm -hmm. um, the inventor of the smartphone, when, even when they sized down, there was 19, sorry, 973 different startup companies from that alone, just out of BlackBerry. Wow. Okay. Small one, two men, person, and mm -hmm. ladies shops, and then bang. Up. John, uh, I've been in a number of different cities recently, and one of the most fascinating pieces for me is what, what you get. Uh, price-wise for, for different homes in the community. And so talk to me about what the different price points are in, in Kitchener and Waterloo and what you see, um, where you've seen it come from. Yeah, so again, going back and repeating myself, again, this young city driven more than perhaps any other city in Canada mm -hmm. and amongst the most in North America, which is a big statement um, by this, this young educated force. And not everyone, Mm -hmm. But a lot of them have some money, and so is it that's, coming from tech and, and it's coming from tech. But it's it's coming from the universities. It's coming from still some advanced manufacturing. We have some okay. amazing Toyotas here, and we have the largest um, you know insurance companies are all here. So there's a basis right. of stability, mm -hmm. most diversified portfolio of different types of jobs in all of Canada again. And so we have not relied as much on government as many of some other cities are. And I think that's good because mm -hmm. we're getting things done here as the kind of saying goes. The price points on the low end is it's hard to get anything under 300 that isn't whatever, a little condo, a little townhouse. Mm -hmm. and, and it's been crazy this past year, couple after couple after couple, trying to get into the marketplace. And there's multiple offers and there's holding offers, which is a trend here. I'm sure it's other places as well. Mm -hmm. But... There is a real strength in the low and middle end. Middle end is probably this one, 500, 600, 700. Okay. But there's some tremendous um, you know, properties here that go up larger mm. in terms of price, two, three, four, as there is in many other areas, even, even more. But the emphasis is that middle and that low end. And so there's this driving workforce. They're educated, come here from other cities. Mm -hmm. They stay here because they love the... So like with that, you're talking, it's a great place to raise kids. It's a great place to, what, what age groups do you see? You're saying, because you, you say, you know, young, young adults and we've got like a high education, you've got the university. So I'm assuming there's like kind of post-university crowd. Um, what about other crowds in yeah. the community? Yeah. So for example, right here next door, wonderful couple I met. Okay. She's a prof at, um, at the University of Waterloo and he's originally from German. So has a good thick German accent. Lovely couple. Cool. Interesting. And they don't have any kids, so there's also that segment of place where I, perhaps they do, I guess, but not presently young kids. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, there, it's diversified here in that element, but we have the expectation in KW to be a 
community that works together collectively and that our school system is very good as well for the school-age children because mm -hmm. the prof professionalism and the emphasis on the universities and where okay. that drives it. And so the, it's a high level of expectation, but we also are willing to work. So the volunteer level is historically the highest in KW. Newfoundland would be the one maybe exception. So there's more volunteers in KW than anywhere else really in Canada? Absolutely. Well, wasn't, uh, was it Right for Refuge? Was right, right here. In here. fact, that was just yesterday. And mm -hmm. I, uh, it, was, it was started here. Many other good causes. And that comes up with the value system. Mm -hmm. Faith is a big part without being weird on that, but it plays into shaping this area dramatically. Um, and so that's, uh, that's another mm -hmm. piece that okay. a lot of people don't want to talk about or don't know what to do with, but I see that as a force of good. In, in this community. In this community. And, it, and mm -hmm. again, like I said, it's from some of the historical value systems. It was founded by, by some Mennonites and some people fleeing um, persecution as well. Right. So there's that sense of working. What would you give then as people are wanting to move into this community or maybe they're graduating university and they're looking to, to move and actually you know, buy a home, they've got a tech job here. What would you recommend to them in buying a house in this community? Well, other than giving you a call, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Sir John, call Mr. Sir John. That's how he fourth, introduced himself. Fourth to decade in the business. Mm -hmm. Get someone that's experienced and knows that truly old-fashioned cares, mm -hmm. that really values. I form a relationship. I get my dear John letters, but those are good dear John letters. Because <laughs> people are not rejecting me. They're saying, "Dear John, thank you." Mm -hmm. And 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 I sort of tag your realtor for life. So that I'm looking for lifelong relationships, and and I mean that, mm -hmm. and and I enjoy my clients, and so I really try to advocate for them, and that's an old fashioned. That's what an agent means. You're advocating for your client, and right. most people don't understand that, or they don't appreciate, it, or or they say, yeah, I have an agent. What's her name? Well, that's unfortunate. Well, that means that you don't have that relationship. Yeah, so right. what is it? So then, what do you do to separate yourself, uh, set yourself apart from other? Like, well, what, what's your unique value proposition as an agent? Sure. Again, I think that one thing I bring is caring. Mm -hmm. I think I bring experience, but more than that, I bring the knowledge again from my university, having done my thesis on this city over cool. five, six years, specifically on so zoning, planning, demographics, traffic counts, mm -hmm. staging development, sewer, water even in the neighborhood. Some people don't know mm -hmm. about water in the neighborhood. That's why it's so important to deal with a local agent, not someone from Toronto that can sell here and doesn't know what to do. The areas are, right. or, or anything from crime rates to other things like that, that really do affect the average person. Okay, so you've got your thesis here. You've got. You were telling me earlier that you, like, as an eleven-year-old, asked for a book of history on the city. It was not only was it a book; it was a 1938 book reissued, and I heard about it because I read stupid amounts, and it was being reissued. So it wasn't a brand new book in 19. Well, I won't give the date. It was eleven years old, but it was sometime <laughs> later. And in that case, that's weird, child. Mm -hmm. So that's not just making this stuff up. And so I was on the downtown advisory task force for downtown mm -hmm. Kitchener when it was really not as good. Now it's okay, so what's happened? Talk to me about the oh, history of Kitchener. Oh my goodness. So Kitchener and again, Waterloo are so different, so unique. So Kitchener's had five names. Most people do not know this. Oh, here. I thought only had two. Nope. Okay. So it was Mount Pleasant, right. Evie Town, Sand Hills, Berlin, which like, got changed in 1916 to... Kitchener, Kitchener, Lord Horatio Kitchener. I want you was the guy you might recognize from the um, the British war movement trying I want you. Mm -hmm. He is a general. But the one of the interesting things, I bet you don't know that, on the plebiscite there was five names, and one of them was Kelowna, which was then further taken. But one of them was Adnac. Adnac was one of the names of the five. And, Ber and Kitchener was chosen. I think Adnac came second. Adnac mm -hmm. is Canada backwards. Oh. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. 
That would have been fun. Yeah, I think it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Not, but whatever. Cool. So then, so talk to me. So what, you, Kitchers had five names. So that you said you, you you were part of the city and you've seen it transform. Talk about yeah. that transformation. What have you seen? So we had Unirol Goodrich. We had big, huge Bud Automotive. We had one of these manufacturing plants, the mo most diversified um, marketplace. But that changed. So rather than shut down plants, which happened, those are now coming into all kinds of different uses. One of the first places, the Blue Box recycling program worldwide started here. So rather than just throw stuff out, that was early environmental stuff back in, in the early 80s. Really? It was, okay. It was started right here in Kitchener. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's so many things that just forward creative thinking, okay, where's the problem? Let's find new ideas and that you can even see that in tech world where you see that oh absolutely just working together and rather than competing let's say hey how can we do better mm -hmm. how can we do something that's different collaborate to, to bring new things to the world that's right and yeah, yeah. and so and then i also know that it, like this community has had like a lot of social justice movements Correct. there's so um from social justice to helping refugees which i guess can fall underneath that a little bit sure. too um what what are those parts of the city how have those transformed this community it, it is fundamental, and and, and 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 so the you know whether it's uh, through again with the Mennonite heritage, not just that, and this is not just horse and buggy stuff, mm -hmm. um, but it's also um, okay. stuff that basically looks at the value system and from different faith groups, but also furthermore, just the component of of taking care of the other, the community. Mm -hmm. So just not me, myself, and I. A lot of things most people do not know this about Canada, but. The American motto is well known. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. But most Canadians do not know their own motto. Oh, it's so it? different. I will do it, demonstrate you. Proud Canadian here. Well, no. Because, no. Peace, order, and good government. <laughs> is that so different than the American? Oh, not, wow. It's collective. Yeah, absolutely. Versus the individualist. And I'm not trying to be anti-American in this, my American friends. Not at all. I'm not that way. It's just delineated. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, necessarily. Yeah. And one of the things I also did for my thesis... I looked, at, I looked at a thing called the myth of the North American city. Okay. Thinking all American cities and all Canadian cities, they kind of know they're different, but they don't understand why. And I, I wrote it back so, to this idea that what we're is collective. It? We're working together. Peace, order, and good government. Let's work together. Peace, order, and good government. And I would say if any city in all okay. Canada amplifies that the most, it's Kitchener. Oh. That's awesome. Well, that's what you got me for. Oh, I know. That's what I got you for. But it's also like, I, that, ex that explains why I have such a pride in yeah. like, the city and the, and, and the country. Yeah, and, and wherever you go, you'll never lose that. You can then be a... Oh, KW will always be a home yeah. of mine. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Cool. So you're talking about market effects. Um, and you were saying how, you know, we've got a new LRT. You've got, you know, trains coming in from Toronto. We have more people commuting, but we're not a bedroom community because we've got... 1,500 people, it's, I think it's called like the tech corridor here between Kitchener, Waterloo, and Toronto. Um, and so we have all of our own, you know, jobs, a, a diverse employment ecosystem in our own right. Um, what, out of those different kind of pieces of the community, where do you see that growing? Because I know that I've, as I've been here for the last, or I lived here for like five, six years, I saw the city just kind of boom. I've seen more towers grow up, people moving in. Where do you, where do you see it headed? I see it headed intensification along the LRT line. That's obvious. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's a 40-story building is downtown Kitchener. That's the tallest building outside of basically Toronto mm. um, in Ontario or Hamilton. And so that's the future of things. But it's also the bedroom communities just outside the New Hamburgs and Elmira's that aren't too far away. There's some growth there. Slightly mm -hmm. cheaper, but not always cheaper um, land as well. 
but you have this t these condos are, are just coming up everywhere. So mm. there's an intensification that's purposefully intended for this area. That's one of the routes in which um, the LRT was designed to implicate. So it wasn't just to put the system in, but to, to, to bring those nodes and shops. It's a really creative it's kind of like a spine in the a city. A spine. And then we have also the expressway yeah. that goes around it, which is phenomenal to get people really 10, 15, 20 minutes anywhere. Cool. In, in this community, you're talking about the people ask about the different areas. What are the different areas for, for housing in KW? Right. Okay. So that's a great question. There's a, it's a fairly new city. And what I mean by that is that it is grown wickest even in the 60s when Calgary was growing dramatically one city outgrew it that was Kitchener or Ruth. Um, so we have some established neighborhoods we have some growing ones on the periphery but okay. they're not far out but they have as well um, historic so it, it had Bridgeport as one of the centers and then right beside there's another city Cambridge which is another 145,000 people okay. so together that makes close to two-thirds of a million. Guelph is there close to another three-quarters of a million people. So that's considered a basis. Um, the interesting thing about Kitchener Roo is that the Grand River is a significant river. Okay. And it's the first um, urban river heritage in all of Canada. Normally, they're the great rivers of the North Mackenzie or mm -hmm. the Moose River. But in this case, the Grand acts as a barrier to growth. So the first bridge was only put in across fairway over the Grand uh, about three, four years ago. And that okay. was the first bridge in over 50 years. So the is Grand that a jurisdictional is, boundary? It, it is the edge of Kitchener-Waterloo, but it also is a physical boundary. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand the physical boundary. We hear the other side of the tracks. Well, some cities, literally the other side of the tracks, yeah, is, yeah. is quite not as nice as the other side of the tracks. But the Grand is beautiful, and it goes right through the city, but it stopped growth. So we, and that's unusual. So it's the largest city in the world, not centered on a water system. It's, it's actually stopping the growth. And so with that, do you see people moving out into, like, are you seeing movement of people from KW into the smaller communities surrounding KW? Or is that not really the case? Are they going the other direction? Um, it's a bit of both. It's okay. like a staging life. I, I, some people want to pigeonhole. It's this or it's that. No, it's always a shades of gray in terms of what that means mm -hmm. in that person, that lifestyle. Well, okay. we have the big components, a young, educated city that continues to get younger and more educated. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it, if you look at some of our friends, just London or St. Catharines or Windsor, right. similar, well, they're all smaller. Um, Canada's the 10th largest, Kitchener, excuse me, is the 10th largest city in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it also is, um, is, again, growing one of the fastest. So that is really factor. So some of those people would look at the periphery. Um, but generally, it's going to the towers, and it's becoming more acceptable for mm. the condos. So I believe that Charles was saying, oh, we have 119 towers, the most of any city in all of North America. Well, I, the last count, I think we're at close to 32 here, which is mm. proportional that Toronto's 10 times larger. So actually, you could do the math on that. There's more stuff happening here, and there's probably another 8 to 10 really? cranes going up here. So we close to 40. So one-third of all of the stuff in Toronto we talked about doing the crane count. And I was going to put that on my website soon just to put, like, crane count, boom, 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 boom. That'd be cool. Yeah, because yeah. so, I, I know when I'm in Toronto, people are like, KW, why is, why is there all this, you know, Toronto's so very insular in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what, and if you haven't caught on, there's a little bit of an animosity between... Uh, no, no, it's a lot of it. We keep you Toronto people away for now. Or no, I'm teasing. Come, come. <laughs> come join us. Um, 
or or that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's it's a uh, it's fun because I know that like in Toronto they're like, why do we need to put more train certs kit? Why yeah. do we need these pieces? But it's it's growing. It is becoming uh, yeah. a center in its own right in without the middle question. of without yeah. question. And in, in its own right, its own thinking. Richard Florida, a famous um, a famous uh, well, he's a number of things. He's a business person, writer. He talks about these world megalopolises, which are huge areas, aren't okay. just one city. But he always says there's a city usually about an hour away from that or some distance away. It's the creative, the thinking place, the, 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 maybe in the old days you would think of the art, you know, but now I think it's changed. And he talks about Kitchener-Waterloo as a perfect example of between tr the Toronto and Hamilton, but then Kitchener is the one spot that does that. And it does make sense if you look mm. what's happening here and how it's influencing. So, again, the Toronto-Waterloo corridor is mentioned amongst the, the most, you know, high-tech startups in all the world and just behind, like, a place called Silicon Valley. Right. I think we're the second most dense population of startups to, per capita. For... And, and it's growing at the fastest rate. Oh, my God. That's, that's, even, that's even crazier. What technology do you find yourself leveraging in, in your business? I, I, so it depends on the age often. So okay. some people, I like, I like the old-fashioned phone. Kids go, what's a phone? It's just, it's just text. So I find I have to make that to each individual person. I actually mm. try to do that from day one. Mm. Um, the couple I'm working with right now, we've had three or four because they're, they're a missionary couple. They're six, seven hours or they're in faraway land. So I have to change those methods to that right. one couple, just the people that don't own this place. So in, in that case, I find it, it has to be contextual, just like I listen to what they're looking for. You figure out what technologies they use and meet them there. Right. And mm. sometimes that changes. When can I call you? Who do I call? What's the best? Is there a point person? You want me to send it all three years or two years, what have you? Mm -hmm. And so, and that can change again, whether it's a shift worker or someone who's in faraway countries. Cool. Yeah. So, actually, curious question in regards to challenging times. So, what uh, what was the experience of KW in, in the 2008-2009 financial crash that we saw happening in the States? Great question. We were the one place that did not really go down. And it's exactly the same elements were back then, was building. It was lots of high-tech stuff coming up, young people still coming into our city, okay. and the education there, plus with the non-reliance on outside forces. There were some struggles, there were some shutdowns, but then there's the creative thinking that came along. And mm. so that so money was... A, Yes, invested with some really creative, I, you know, you can knock a lot of politicians and I have my frustrations at times, but there's some really forward local people that get down and get figure this thing out. Don't look for Ottawa or Toronto to figure it out. We'll find our own solution right here mm -hmm. in a creative way. And that's the heartbeat. That's the blood that runs deep in this area. So what was a couple of those creative solutions that they ended up uh, like leveraging? I'm mean, This is my curiosity. Yes. Point. And so Kitchener, for example, versus mm -hmm. Waterloo, Kitchener was struggling with some of these places. You know, Goodridge shutting down, Kaufman, Footwear, Kodiak shutting down. So the creative uses for those is mm -hmm. high-tech places and the universities moved in. University of Waterloo and Laurier moved downtown. They may had a portfolio to give incentives and fundraisers. We've seen the benefits now of one of the hot spots in all of, again, Canada building. So I think from that downturn or side turn, we, we were managed it and we said some long term thinking. And that's mm. the same with the LRT. That was 20 years plus, even expressly putting that in. Um, was long-term thinking what's going to work. And I think willing to do, pay the price to make sure it's the best. Place to live a decade or two from now. Right. Right. 
how is the housing market kind of fluxed in, in that development? Because there's got to be times when, heck, I lived in this city for a while, everything seems to always be under construction. Yes. Yeah, so like, what does that do to the housing market in this community? Um, well, the construction is a constant, without question. And, and uh, for American friends, we have uh, Canada has a construction season and winter. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the 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 thing is that um, that again now particularly LRT was 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 you put a brand new system like that in through a city it's going to have effects and not everyone likes it mm -hmm. and no one likes change and so there doesn't mean everything was done proper or right but I think in the long term it's going to benefit and we already see some ridership uses that are significant and it's not just the young kids which love it mm -hmm. I see young kids like his age. <laughs> Um, I'm blind, um, but also the the thing of um, the so the uh, aging population that likes being an idea just get on the condo, get off, go to a place, hop off, and and that quickly so, walk to get groceries as an example simple, of before simple things like that, or go yeah. for a bite to eat and not worry about driving or parking or mm -hmm. you know if they have one drink that's not a problem. Oh, so that'll be fascinating to see in Oktoberfest this year. Yes. That's coming up. The That's second awesome. largest Oktoberfest in the world right here this mm -hmm. coming weekend. Gemüt Kai. Not very good German. Wunderbar. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with all this construction, is inventory an issue in the city? Uh, inventory is an issue for sure, particularly on the low end okay. and, 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 and detached. We're running out of land, literally, and so things are going up. Um, there's pockets in the south west of Kitchener that are the largest areas are left. Some of the very last open fields are being literally finished off in Waterloo right now as we speak. So soon Waterloo will be totally out of land in for housing, new housing. It's, it's interesting because I was just flying over the city yesterday and I got these beautiful views mm -hmm. um, and it looks like KW is an island in the middle of Right. Farmland. So it feels like it could just spread out forever, but you're saying it can't because right. we're hitting limits. Provincial laws, are, uh, and the forward thinking, I think, a lot um, is, is protecting the environment um, around. With that said, some of the best class A agriculture, the best agricultural land is right around. And so the Mennonites were very smart. They found this incredible, workable land, like where you're from. And right. You know, Fresno and different places like that, you know well. Oh, absolutely, when there's workable. So, but we are actually also hitting our own barriers around that kind of stuff, too, as we scale this. And I think that's a phenomenon that's happening everywhere in mm -hmm. the world. If we try to balance out not progress with sustainability and find not, I try not to go to either extreme mm -hmm. to say one is good and one is bad, but rather how can we make these things work together in creative new ways of thinking? And that's what Kitchen Marlin brings. Yeah, which is what I loved when I when I was living here, working in tech, being like in these conversations, to be like, okay, like, did you know that you know all we have we have a plan to source all of our food? And if there was ever like a, a we got cut off from supply lines, like you could source the food directly around the well, city. Well, that's what's so funny. Like, like all these things. What cities has a plan for that? Like that's just fascinating. It's him buying local and all these things. Well, they've always done that. The curbside just go do this stuff. This is not a new idea. So I kind of laugh at some of the. Some of the ads on TV, you know, as if this is a brand new thing. Yeah. So, but it, and well, and that's, it's funny because I often refer to like being educated here, working here as the beginning of my career was like kind of like living on Mount Olympus a little bit. Like there's all <laughs> of this stuff that's like, this is so perfect. Um, but like when you go to other communities, they don't have it. So cool. Well, John, thank you very much. Great. Nice seeing you back in this town. Absolutely. It's fun to be back. It's, it's sad I'm only here for like a day, but I'm excited to see where we go from here. Yeah, for sure. K-Dub, that's the way I'm a guy.
John Fishbein would be a realtor for life. And, and fun. And he's fun, and he never matches his socks. So then when you see that, you know it's him again, even if his hair goes away. He needs a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks so much for listening to Real Estate Unbroke Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our future episodes and feel free to reach out to us if you want to connect with John or any of the other agents that we've interviewed this far. Or if you wanted us to visit your city next. So feel free to connect us with an agent there. Hope you have an amazing day. And until next time, this is Tim Souza with Real Estate Unbroke. Cheers, everyone.